0: Well, good morning, everybody. I'll put those on just now, but I'm going to get serious on you just now. (laughs) Um, You know, that worship is incredible, and I couldn't help but think that God is wanting to do something in the hearts of some people. So before I get into my preach, um, did you you recognize the repetition of I've witnessed it? I'll do it again. It's like God's saying something, and there's some of us in this room that... uh, Maybe you've read scripture and you've thought, sure, that's never gonna happen in my life. I'm never gonna see something like that happen in my life. I feel like God is just wanting to uh, rise or raise the tide of your faith levels this morning because it's actually all about Him. But He is able to do what He's done in the past again today and He's able to do it again and again and again. And so I wonder this morning if you've just logged that. I want us before we go into the preach just to, to log the fact that we serve an incredibly mighty God who's able to do the things that we've read in the Bible and things that you've experienced in your own life, personally, in the past, again today. Sometimes we think it was for then, but it's for today as well. And so uh, why don't you just close your eyes with me as I pray for us. Lord, I wanna say thank you this morning that you are a God who can do it again. Lord, you never saved once You've saved people through the course of history. Lord, you never healed once. You've healed people through the course of history. Lord, you're alive and you're well. The God that split the sea open is the same God that can break into situations in our life um, because you're alive and you love us. And Lord, I don't know who's sitting in this room that just needs to know this morning that you're able to do it again. And Lord, maybe they've looked at everybody else and it seems like you're moving on their behalf but not in their lives personally. Lord, I wanna pray today that they would be able to say, I've witnessed it. I've witnessed God do a miracle in my life. Lord, for whoever that is this morning or multiple people, won't you do what only you can do? Do it again, God. Do it for the first time. Maybe for some time, someone in this room today. We ask for that in Jesus' wonderful name. Everyone said, amen. If glasses make you look serious or clever, I'm hoping for the second one. (laughs) Okay, so if you don't know who I am, I'm Vaughn. I'm one of the pastors here at City. And uh, if you've been with us for any length of time uh, over the course of this year, you would know that uh, we as elders pray at the end of every year, ask God for what the prophetic theme is going into the new year and uh, where he's leading us as a church. And so at the end of last year, we felt that that theme was his presence, that we would be a people who would enjoy his presence more deeply and that we would be a people who would take his presence more widely to those around us. Being a people who enjoys presence really entails many different facets. One of those facets is that we come to Jesus as we are. That's a wonderful relief. Don't I have to put on a show. Don't have to be somebody that we're not. We can come to Jesus as we are. And he loves it when we come to him, when we draw near to him in any and every emotional state we might find ourselves in. Did you hear that? Any and every emotional state. Because sometimes we face obstacles and we're just thinking about the obstacle, but what comes with the obstacle is sometimes an emotional state. And God wants us to come to him, not just to sort out the obstacle, but to come to him in the emotional state that we find ourselves in. Why? Because that's what somebody who loves does. When somebody loves us, they want to be there for us in every season of our life. They want to relate to us in every single season of our life. And God wants to too. See, God loves meeting us where we're at, and then taking us from where we're at and lifting us up from where we're at. He loves to speak to us from His Word. He loves to bring healing and uh, courage to our hearts. That's the God that we serve. And so today we're returning to the Psalms, the book that we've been looking at a lot over the course of this year and we will continue to do. And we're starting a new series called Look Up. It's a series where we're going to take a look at people who look to God When they were experiencing emotions like fear, sadness, helplessness, loneliness, even anger. As those emotions filled their heart, they looked to God. We're looking at the Psalms, not because it contains writings from somebody like David or other writers Sometimes we think they were these perfect followers of God. Well, just to let you in, they weren't, first of all. They were people just like us. But what we see in their lives and through their lives is that they had honest conversations with God. And we want to be a people who can have a relationship with God like that. And that's why we're looking to the Psalms. When they felt what they felt, whatever that was, they brought that emotion to God Himself. So the... The title for my preach today is Looking Up When We Are Fearful. I don't know about you, but many things have caused my heart to fear or at least be anxious if it uh, wasn't full-blown fear. Um, over the course of the years, some of those things still have the potential to actually do that. Uh, when I look at some of the things that I put down on the list, uh, they seem a little bit trivial now, but at the time, they caused, caused me real anxiety and sometimes fear. There are some of them passing exams, deciding what job to do, job interviews, work deadlines, performance appraisals. What if I fail at this new project? I have been retrenched. Health scares, difficult circumstances that a loved one or someone close to you goes, is, is going through. Entering a new season of life, single to married, married to parent, would I be a good husband? Would I be a good father? You'd be surprised that you can feel anxious about stuff like that, for those of you that aren't there yet. Finances, well, that's a biggie, I think, for most of us. Kids and their futures. You see your kids growing up and then they've got to step out into uh, the world and you're thinking about what is, what, what is their future gonna be like. Threats of crime. And then this is probably the one that is, stands out the most for me. What if my dad had to die as young as my mom died? Let me give you a bit of backstory. My mom passed away with cancer when I was 19 years old. She was only 47 years old. Um, Obviously, that's a big thing for anybody at any age, but at that age, it seemed uh, huge. But uh, what a lot of people don't know is that my dad, probably three months or so before that, had a heart attack, went into hospital, had an angiogram, and I wondered what would happen if he had a next heart attack in the next couple of months, and all of a sudden, what's gonna happen to us, my sister and I? That was a big fear, man. That was a big fear. Sorry. Don't, no. Note to self, don't suck in any spit while you're trying to speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness, I'm gonna get sidetracked again. okay. When I looked at this when, when, when I looked at uh, this list, though, I had to think to myself, uh, some of these fears and anxieties that I was anticipating actually never materialized? Most of them did. I would say probably over 90 percent of them never, ever materialized. My dad used to have a saying, "Jason would like it in the front row because he's a finance guy. Worry is the interest you pay for something that, you have, uh, that hasn't happened yet. Generally, that is what worry is like. But anyway, that all said, some of those things were very real fears for me at the time. Before I get into today's psalm, I just want to help us with some initial thoughts on fear, anxiety, and worry from a man called Joe Carter. And he gives some really in- helpful insights to differentiate between those, th- th- those three. He says, fear is an emotional response to a real or perceived immediate threat. Anxiety is an emotional response to a real or perceived future threat. Fear is a warning system that alerts us to danger right now, while anxiety is a warning system of impending danger. Related to anxiety is worry, a repetitive pattern of thoughts, and mental images that causes us to inordinately focus on our anxiety and fear. You see, worry is not something that we want to uh, have characterized our lives as followers of Jesus, because it causes us to focus on our concerns rather than on God himself. And so uh, if we consider what this guy has said, what it means, the things that I think it's, it's saying to us is that fear and anxiety are God-given emotions. Just like pain alerts us to something wrong in our body, fear and anxiety alerts us to impending danger. So if I am being physically uh, threatened, fear is gonna rise in my heart. I don't know if I'm gonna lose my life or not. And it's gonna cause my body to react in a way where I'm either gonna flee or I'm gonna fight. That is a healthy response to impending danger. And it's given by God so that we can react when something like that comes about. The problem though is when fear and anxiety cease to be the warning signs given by God and rather become sources of continuous distress, whether there's impending danger or not. This continuous distress can range on a continuum from debilitating and pathological anxiety and fear to daily anxiety, but you're actually able to still function. When we experience physical threat, we can call out to God and ask him to help with the situation that is threatening us. Some of us are in a place where we're experiencing um, this kind of continuous distress. Does that mean that God turns his back on you because there's no physical danger? Like, what's up with you? Like, why are you in that place? No, he doesn't do that. He actually invites those of us that find ourselves in that place to turn to him, but we're not asking him to help us with the situation. We're asking him to help us with our fear and anxiety. We're asking him to meet us at that point. See, God has something to say when you and I are feeling fear and anxiety. And so it's good for us to listen. What I mean is we should take note when that emotion rises in our hearts, we shouldn't put it down and just ignore it, because it's telling us that something's up. And so we should take note, we should listen in that sense. We should stop, we should listen, but then we should turn to God with our fear and anxiety. I think sometimes we make the mistake because we listen to our fear and anxiety, but we don't turn to God. It's highlighting that something's up, something that's going on in my heart, and we need to turn to God with our heart in those times. We do well to ask questions like this. What is causing this emotion? Is it appropriate given the cause? Is it coming from God or not? What does scripture say about this emotion? Can I process this emotion with someone? We obviously wanna process that emotion with God, but He's put people in our lives that we can also process that emotion with. And when we turn to God, ask some of these questions, God is able to help us discern what it is that's causing us this fear and anxiety. Not only that, he's able to speak into what it is that we're experiencing. Are you feeling fear and anxiety today? Are you turning to God? Won't you turn to him if you're not? Are you allowing him to speak into what it is that you're experiencing? See, God has resources for us in the midst of these emotions. We can come to Him. You might say to yourself, well, I'm not a fe- fearful or anxious person. I wouldn't classify myself as a fearful and anxious person, but you saw my list earlier on. Some things do cause us fear and angst. But even if you're not a fearful and anxious person, there's probably gonna be a time where you are gonna face that. And when you do, you wanna know how and who to come to. And that person is Jesus. And even if you never experience that, which would be lovely, You want to be able to help that person next door to you in your office, that family member, that neighbor to be able to to find hope in Jesus when they are finding themselves in a place of fear and anxiety. And so we're gonna learn from Psalm 55 this morning. We're gonna see how, how David comes to God with his fear. And the first thing that I see is is that David comes to God with a desperate prayer. Let's start in verse one. Listen to my prayer, O God, do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. David starts out by coming to God with his fear and praying A desperate prayer. We see a desperate cry from David to God because his life is under threat from an enemy. His words are, I am distraught. That could have been translated equally well as very worried. I'm upset. I'm agitated. I'm distracted. I'm in such a bad place. I feel destroyed. And David's cry is, listen to me, God. Don't ignore me. Hear me, answer me. Anyone be there? I have. In other words, God, help, and help quickly. David is distraught, he's desperate, and he wants God to intervene. You might be in that place today where you're desperate. You want God to intervene. David rightly comes to the one who is able to intervene. There are many things we can go to for intervention, but there's one who is able to intervene. His name is Jesus. And so David comes to God. David comes to God and he doesn't hold back just because he's got a desperate prayer. He doesn't think, what's God gonna say if I come to him with this desperate prayer? He comes with it and God doesn't shoot him down. You see, David's desperation was opportunity for Him to turn to God and focus on Him. Are you feeling desperate today? Maybe it's opportunity for you to turn to God and focus on Him. Because I have found when a desperate situation arises, often my eyes focus there so long that it almost feels like God is this small and everything is overtaking me. But God wants us to look to Him, get the right Focus. And so he prays a desperate prayer. That's the first thing that I see, but it it continues the psalm. And I see that as David takes his fear to God, he also begins to pray an honest prayer. A prayer where he expresses his emotions, he verbalizes his emotions to God. He doesn't just give a blanket term, well, I'm feeling fearful today, God take care of it. He explains what that feeling fearful is like to him. And when he does, he doesn't make it look better than it is. He says it exactly like it is. Doesn't make it sound spiritual. He doesn't numb it down. He says it exactly like it is. So let's look and see how he says it, how he expresses himself to God uh, with his emotions and how he prays those emotions to God. Verse four and five of Psalm 55, my heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. Sure, such descriptive words. He says his heart is at anguish within him. He says his fear is like the terror of death. This isn't like just any old fear. It's a terror of death and it's literally making him tremble. In fact, he says that this is so terrible and so bad, he's overwhelmed with horror. Can you see how he, how he in detail expresses his emotion to God? But he doesn't stop there. He then moves on to express his thoughts, and he is as honest about what he's thinking when we read what he was thinking in a couple of moments, you're gonna see that it gives you a sense of the desperation that David was experiencing as a result of his fear. There's no sense of fight in him, even although he is a man who has been powerfully used by God. He's deflated, there's no sense of fight. Let's take a look at what uh, he expresses as his thoughts in verse 6 to 8. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. When I read that, I think to myself, all David is wanting is to escape. He's wanting to be out of this and get somewhere else. It doesn't matter where, anything will do, whether it is realistic or whether it isn't uh, uh, realistic at all. I had to think to myself when I looked at his language did you notice how unrealistic and irrational some of his thinking was? David is never going to grow wings. As much as he would have liked to, he's never going to grow wings to be able to go somewhere else. And also, he thinks to himself, I want to just go and stay in the desert. Is that really a better option? I mean, like, is is that where you would wanna go if God is gonna take you out of this fearful place? Would you wanna go and stay in the desert? I don't know, I wouldn't want to. I definitely wouldn't want to. Um, But he has these unrealistic and irrational thoughts, but what I love about him is he still comes to God with him. You know what that says to me? Sometimes when we're fearing and we're anxious, we're gonna have irrational thoughts. But we can come to God with them. So he comes to God with those, with those thoughts. And again, God does not shoot him down for it. How amazing is God? Sometimes we think we've gotta come in a certain format, otherwise God is gonna shoot us down. No, we can come as somebody that he loves because he loves us so much. And so David honestly expresses his uh, emotions, his thoughts, and then he expresses what he sees. And once again, David is not very sparing in in terms of describing what it is uh, that he sees. And it's not really very pretty either. Take a look at what verse 9 to 11 says, "'Lord, confuse the wicked, confound their words, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl about on its walls.' Malice and abuse are within it. Destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. What is he seeing? Violence and strife. Malice and abuse. People on the walls of the city prowling. He sees destructive forces at work, making threats and spewing out lies. You see, when we see things like this, in and around us. It has the ability to fuel fear and anxiety. It was fueling David's fear and anxiety. And what does he do? He expresses it to God. Some of us are looking at South Africa. And fear and anxiety is rising in our hearts. I think Sometimes we're meant to see so that we can pray into it. God gives us eyes so that we can see, so that we can begin to pray. I want to encourage us if anxiety and fear is rising in our hearts, don't let the first option be. Let's find where we can move to where it's safer. Can I encourage you to let the first option be not even to speak to your friends about how terrible it is, Speak to your friends to deal with the emotion that you're feeling, absolutely. But can I encourage us to be a people who are gonna turn to God as we feel anxiety and fear rising? May we be a people, who else is gonna cry out for this, for this country but the people that know Him and love Him? Who else is gonna plead with God and say, God, intervene? I have hope for this nation of South Africa because Jesus is alive and you and I are here. And so there is much hope for us, but we've got to be a people that are going to come with these things that are calling us angst and come to God with them. So you would look at this and you would think, sure, surely he's finished by now. He's expressed his feelings, his emotions, what he's seeing. Um, Can he even express anything more? Well, actually David does. He goes one step deeper in verse uh, 12. And this is what it says. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. <clears throat> you see, sometimes we have a deeper emotion than the presenting emotion and we need to bring that emotion to God too. David had a presenting emotion it was fear. He was under threat from from an enemy and it was real. That was the presenting emotion. But he had a deeper emotion. And that was a deep wound from a friend. You see this enemy was not like the regular enemy. This enemy was once David's friend. It was once David's friend, someone that enjoyed fellowship with him, somebody that would worship God with him, and David is cut to the heart. There's some things that cut us deep to the heart, just like David. I mentioned that story earlier on in terms of uh, my dad and my mom. I said, at at that point in time, I thought to myself, what happens to us if both of them pass away? That was The presenting emotion. Can I tell you what the deep emotion was? The deep emotion was, who's gonna love us? When you've grown up in a family where you've received a lot of love, that is your primary source of love, outside of God himself. Who was gonna love us? And then it went even a little bit deeper than that. What would happen if my sister and I are separated? I mean, I'd watch the Annies and the Olivers and all of that stuff. What would happen if we were separated and the one person in the world or the two people in the world that could love each other are suddenly separated? Can you imagine the kind of anxiety and fear it caused if my dad all of a sudden had a heart attack and died? It was much deeper than just the initial What's going what's gonna to happen to us? It was a love thing deep down. And so uh, I love the fact that, uh, that David could be honest with God. He could come to him. And so we see, as I said, David praying a desperate prayer initially. And really what he's looking to God to for there is God's mighty, God intervene. But when he starts to pray an honest prayer, He's looking to a God who is personal and relational, a God that we can pour our heart out to, a God who cares enough about where we find ourselves. See, David is actually doing what he encourages others to do in the Psalms. Psalm 56 verse three says this, when I'm afraid I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. Psalm 62 verse eight, trust in him at all times you people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. David is showing us that we have a resource in God. We have a personal relationship in God. When we're in a time of fear and anxiety, we can trust in him and we can pour our hearts out to him. David for me is deliberately highlighting that we need to come to God on two levels. The one level is to come to God knowing that he's able to intervene. And the other level is to come to God knowing that he is loving and that he cares about what we're thinking, what we're feeling, and what it is that we're seeing. You see, if we only approach him on the one level, he is, we make him out to just be a functional God. Intervenia, that's your job description, you're strong, mighty, get me out of this. But God isn't just a functional God. God is a relational God. Sam, he sees you. He doesn't want to just sort out whatever things you might face. He sees you and he wants to hear your heart. Same for every single other person in this place. He sees us and he wants to hear our heart. What it is that is making our heart sad, glad, and everything in between. I had to think, uh, as, as I read through the psalm, like I s- said at the beginning, about things that I faced, fears and anxieties that I faced. And in those times, like any one of us, you just want God to answer and get you out of that situation. You want Him to change it. I've been there. I've done that. But truth be told, in those times, I also wanted somebody that I could pour my heart out to. Somebody I could tell how I was feeling en route to God bringing the deliverance somebody who I could trust, somebody that I could uh, just know they would just hear where I was at. Now, other than, than Jesus, that person for me is my amazing wife over there, Lorelei. I can trust her. I can pour my heart out to her. I know she's not gonna shoot me down. She'll just listen to me in my times of crisis. Lorelei can do the same with me. Only problem sometimes with me is I get into problem-solve mode. Ladies, have you tried to express your emotions to your husband and he goes into problem-solve mode? Well, sometimes I do that. So what Lorelei sometimes does is she'll say to me, Vaughn, I just want to have a feeling conversation. What that means is, listen, I'm not wanting you to solve anything here. I'm wanting to be able to tell the one that I love how I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing as a result of the situation. That's it, no solution. Well, when I read Psalm 55, it was like God was saying, David could have a feeling conversation with me. And we can too. Are you hearing that this morning? We can have a feeling conversation with God. He's not too big for it. He loves it when we can pour out our hearts to him. David could come knowing that God knew his heart. God had always known David's heart. In fact, when you read when David is first anointed to be king, the reason why he was anointed was because God saw his heart. And that same God who saw his heart then saw his heart now. And his heart was fearful right now. And as a result, what does David do? He leans into the God who sees his heart. He leans into him and he draws uh, from his love and his care because he's a personal God. David could come as he was and he could express all of what he was experiencing. I love the fact that he didn't go down the route of, sure, I've got to get my prayer right. Otherwise, God's not going to hear. He didn't uh, get caught up in man-made prayer um, formulas. He just came as he was. He starts this uh, psalm and he just blurts out his need. No adoration of Jesus for five minutes beforehand. He just blurts out his need. And And then beyond that, he blurts out how he's feeling. No quoting of promises that he's holding onto. None of that stuff. He just blurts it out. Now let me say this. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Those things are not bad. God reminds us of of who he is in those times when we come to to him. But there's place for just coming as we are. Not being fearful of if I get this wrong, God will not answer. Not worrying about any of that stuff, but just coming as we are because we are his children. So he could express himself as he was. David Platt says this, it is hard to read the Psalms and get the impression that God wants us to speak speak to Him as if nothing is wrong in our lives, as if the sole purpose of prayer is to review the finer points of theology in His presence. We can come as we are. Can I say something else? It's a wonderful privilege that we have of being able to pour our hearts out to God. Just take note of that. Us sinful people who don't get it right can pour our hearts out to the perfect one, but he invites us to do that. How incredible. That's one aspect, but there is another aspect that I think is important when we're coming to God and telling him how we're feeling, what we're thinking, what we're seeing, is it helps us to uh, realize where we find ourselves. It helps us to identify, for lack of a better word, our internal dialogue, what our internal dialogue is telling us when we see things, feel things. It helps us to recognize where our internal dialogue is misaligned with what God would be saying. And it then helps us and gives us opportunity to realign ourselves to the story that God would say rather than to the story that fear and anxiety would tell us. Can I tell you fear and anxiety has a voice? It has a voice and it tells a story. And generally, it's inconsistent with God's story, unless it is a warning from a physical danger so that we can flee or fight, depending on which one you prefer. So David starts out with a desperate prayer, begins to pray an honest prayer, and then I see him praying a renewed prayer. You see, coming to God changes things. Coming to God in prayer changes situations. If you read a scripture, God moves mightily on behalf of his people. God is able to. But coming to God in prayer also changes us. And we mustn't lose sight of that. Sometimes I think God wants to change us in the midst of changing the situation. Because he wants us to be a people who know that we can trust him in this relationship. That this is a, this is a special relationship unlike any other The relationship that we have with him. And so when I look at uh, the psalm, I couldn't help but note how David prayed at the beginning and then towards the end, you see him praying something a little bit different. So we're gonna just conf- uh, compare two sections. The first is verse one. It says, do not ignore me, hear me, answer me. You almost get the impression that David is thinking maybe God won't in verse one. But then you get to verse 16 and he's way more buoyant. As for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. He rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. Let me just say, he wasn't rescued from the battle yet. Something had just happened in his heart. Something had happened in his heart as he came with his fears to God. And so his prayer begins to change. David. Uh, prays differently concerning his enemies verse 15 we see how he initially prays, prays like this let death take my enemies by surprise let them go down alive to the realm of the dead for evil finds lodging amongst them David yeah he's pretty much as praying God I want you to take them out like this this is how I want you to take them out when you get to verse 23 He's actually leaving this, beginning to leave this in God's hand. God, you will take care of this. I'm gonna leave it in your hands. Take a listen. But you, God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay. The bloodthirsty and deceitful will not live out half their days. But as for me, I trust in you. See, David has moved from a place of just trusting a God who is able to intervene and has the power to intervene to also trusting God's character. Character that is all-wise, all-knowing, sovereign. God knows what is best. God knows how He's gonna answer. And God knows in what timing He's gonna answer. We don't like that. I don't like that. But if I read Scripture, I see that God always comes through in the perfect timing. Always comes through in the perfect timing so we're going to come uh, to a close now. The band is going to hang around here in the front and some of them begin to come up. But as I draw to a close, it would be so easy for us to leave today, take what we've heard and go down the formula route. If I'm more desperate in my prayers, if I'm more honest in my prayers, God's going to come through, right? God doesn't want us to land there today. That's not what he's saying. For some of us who might be thinking to ourselves, I've been the desperate person. I've been the honest person. God hasn't come through for me. This formula doesn't work. God doesn't want us to land there either today. Actually, God doesn't want us to land on a formula. God wants us to land on a relationship. God wants us to land on a relationship where we're deeply aware of what we have in his presence. I think sometimes we can take it for granted. He wants us to land on relationship where we're deeply aware to what we have in His presence. The fact that we get to have a personal relationship with Him, one where we can bring our fear, come as we are, receive His peace, pour out our hearts. God's heart for us when we experience fear and anxiety is revealed all over Scripture. And today He's wanting us to see His heart wanting us to get his heart. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this. And there's some of you that have been going uh, or been living in a fearful or anxious environment for a long time. Situation, God wants to speak this to you today. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed. Why? For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Psalm 34, 4 and 5, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. See, these verses are telling us that it's in God's heart to strengthen us, to give us peace, and to deliver us when we are facing fears. We actually see this heart in the psalm that we've been looking at all morning. God helps David move from a place of being downcast and desperate to a place of being strengthened and sustained to a place of looking out for others and inviting them to turn to God with their cares. Verse 22 says this, cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Desperate David moves from this place to where he is saying to people, listen, cast your cares on the Lord. Cast your cares on the Lord. That's what Jesus is saying to us this morning. Cast your cares on Him. Won't you come to Him with all of who you are. He's inviting us into a deeper relationship with Him. One of trust. One where we can pour out our hearts. One where we can come with all of who we are. I think sometimes we feel like we've got to shy away from God with some aspects of who we are. No, He wants us to come. He wants us to come with all of who we are. Why can we come? We come because of Jesus. We come because of Jesus. We come because there's one who faced the greatest of all fears. And the anxiety that he experienced caused blood to come out of his pores as he looked to his father. He also turned to his father in that desperate time that he was facing. And he prayed a prayer. And that prayer said, Father, if it's possible, take this cup of suffering from me. And in the great heavenly but, but not my will, yours be done. And we know that God never answered Jesus' prayer. God didn't take the suffering away. And that's because God and his son Jesus had purposed in their hearts that they would stand on our behalf. Stand on our behalf so that the relationship that was broken between us and God could be mended. So that your sin and my sin could be forgiven. So that we could know God again. And so that when we came to Him with our fears, when we came to Him with our cries, there would be an opportunity and uh, It would be possible for him to respond because we're back in relationship with him. You see, we don't just serve a God who's able to move mountains. We serve a God who's able to identify with my distress and your distress. That's why he so longs for us to come to him when we are feeling that because he knows what it's like and he wants to speak to our hearts from his word. He wants to put courage there again and bring healing. So I'm gonna ask uh, you to close your eyes because I wanna pray for us. First thing I wanna ask is, do you know Jesus today? He's made a way for you to have a relationship with the Father. Sin broke that way, but then God made a plan and that plan was to send his son to die so that your sin could be forgiven, all you need to do is put your faith in him. Ask him to forgive your sin and he's faithful and just to do just that. Bring you back into relationship with the Father. Maybe you've never heard that today's your opportunity to respond to that. Ask him to forgive your sin. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him to help you to walk with him. And then, God's been speaking to us about fear and anxiety, and I know there are people in this this room this morning. And fear and anxiety is debilitating for you. And maybe you've thought you can't come to God because it's a lack of faith. God's just saying this morning, won't you come and share your emotions with me? Won't you pour out your heart to me? He's inviting you in. He's saying, come. Come pour out. So I want to pray for us. Anybody in those two camps, I'm going to ask you just to do something really bold, not for me, but because you're saying I'm responding to what I've heard this morning. I'm responding, responding to what Jesus has said. Why not you put up your hands so I know who I'm praying for because I want to pray for people in that place. See hands all over going up. You know what the reason is for that. But more importantly, Jesus knows. Lord, you see these hands. And Lord, your heart is, your heart is moved. Lord, your heart is moved because uh, you love us. Lord, you know what the emotions that people are putting their hands up for this morning is causing in their lives. Lord, I want to pray today that you would draw near, Lord, that they would find themselves being able to pray a desperate prayer, an honest prayer, and a renewed prayer as they begin to move in their situation, God, as they begin to see how you speak to the depths of their heart and move in their situation, Lord, I pray today that they would see that there's a God who loves them. And then that God is saying, come, come. Lord, for those that are saying, I'm putting my faith in Jesus for the first time today. Lord, shed your love abroad in their hearts. Lord, shed your love abroad. Help them to know that they were loved by a heavenly father, like a earthly father would love a child and at an even deeper level than that. Lord, I pray today that you would meet with each one of us. Lord, that we would be a people who would come with our emotions of fear and anxiety, come to the one who's able to meet us. We ask for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen.